This is the Wealth Standard Radio, your gold standard in everything financial. Morning, everybody. Thank you uh, for downloading this week's episode. Actually, not everybody's downloading. There's people or listening are, live. There's some people listening live. Yeah. Uh, we had some people in Australia last time listening listening live of all, of all places. Wow. Um, but uh, we're we're live both on the TuneIn Network and we're also live on YouTube. So if you do find yourself um, at your desk or in a place where you can watch the uh, watch something on live or on YouTube live, we're uh, we're we're gonna try to do that for the next little bit as often as we can. Uh, but regardless, we're gonna be on TuneIn live every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. But uh, we're glad you're here. This is the Wall Standard Radio. My name is Patrick Donahoe. I am uh, sitting next to the handsome Brad Gibb. Especially handsome today with your with your tie. Yeah, look did at that. Did you pick that out? No, my wife did. Okay, yep. she has good taste. I picked three options, and she told me which one was the best. That's how <laughs> okay. we do it. All right, it's a good way to go. All right, so uh, let let's uh, let's, we have some cool things we're going to talk about today. Uh, we had a, a discussion earlier yeah. this morning, and you know we've been on this kick as far as the wealth destroyers are concerned, and we've focused a lot of the last couple podcasts as well as some of the presentations we've been giving on this idea behind how most people have these things in their lives that are completely obliterating their their wealth, uh, both from um, uh, a, a point of view where it's, it's uh, something they can control, something they can't control, something they're aware of, something that they're ignorant of. And it's mainly, it mainly has to do with outside forces. And uh, so this morning we were, uh, we were talking about just what is the number one mm-hmm. wealth destroyer and it has nothing to do with outside forces it has yeah. to do with it's an, none of the three we've been talking about an inside force right yep. so that's what we're going to get into today we're going to talk about the biggest wealth destroyer is the lack of knowledge or ignorance but before we do do that just wanted to uh, remind you that we have a ton of stuff online don't forget to uh, to check that out. And if you've watched things in the past, there's there's nothing better than to uh, have repetition in your life so that certain principles and mm-hmm. ideas and thoughts uh, become more permanent. Because listening to something once or hearing something once, chances that that something will stick is, is pretty small. Well, so- and... The way to think about it, too, is the information may not be changing, but you've changed. If you listened to it two years ago, you're a completely different person now than you were two years ago. So going back and listening to it, it's going to apply differently. Uh, and that's what we mean when it sticks. It, it, it's probably more relevant maybe now than it was before, yep. or you'll have a different way to apply it. So yep. repetition is important that way, too. Good point. Yeah. So check out – if you're not subscribed to our newsletter, we have a free newsletter. It goes out every every month. It announces a lot of the stuff that we're – we're up to uh, our our newest podcasts, videos, uh, e-learning programs. Uh, we're constantly innovating, constantly changing. So definitely subscribe to that. You can go to our website, paradigmlife.net, to do that. Uh, also, we we have an e-learning program called Infinite 101. It is basically just a free free program, free learning platform that you can uh, get into and understand what we do and how that applies to you and your personal financial situation. So go to our website, paradigmlife.net, P-A-R-A-D-I-G-M. L-I-F-E dot net. Uh, we also have a bunch of resources, additional resources on there. We put a, a tab that hosts uh, all of our webinars, our, uh, our monthly webinars. So that's a new feature to Infinite 101. So make sure you, uh, you check that out. Uh, also, the past podcasts that we've had, we've had, you know, seven years of podcasts. Um, so definitely go back and check out, uh, check out those if you like what you hear. All right, Brad. So let's get into uh, today's today's topic. Um, so I think the best, the best way to, the best way to start is by may, maybe discussing, uh, a principle that, uh, maybe it isn't a principle, but we were discussing this morning why everything that's good for us is hard and why everything that's typically not good for us is easy. <laughs> and I was, br- I was bringing up this example of, of Cynthia, my wife, and we have this like this corner market or whatever that makes these amazing like caramel brownies, and uh, and they have this like special <laughs> little box. And I don't know, it's like it's one of the most amazing things on earth. But I know the instant I bite into it, it's like my stomach's destroyed, <laughs> my workout sucks the next morning. 
So, so let's discuss that principle. Why, why is typically everything in life, uh, that is good for us sometimes, you know, maybe not everything. I'm not going to say it's absolute, but why is it, why is it difficult? Well, and it's one of those principles or concepts that you don't want to hear because we all, we all know it's true and we all know there's truth behind that. But if it's true and we acknowledge it's true now, we have to do something about it. Right. So, but we, we spend some time kicking around I'm not. I don't haven't researched human anatomy or things like that. So I'm not speaking from an expert standpoint here, but we talked a little bit about that idea that water runs downhill. It takes the path of least mm-hmm. resistance. Is there something in I nature? Think you meant human physiology, not whatever. anatomy. Sure. Whatever. See, that just exposes how ignorant I am on the subject. So don't take anything I'm about to say as truth. Um, but we, we were kind of kicking oh, that around. Like, is it, is it really, is it, is it something in nature? It makes it that way. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, when we were hunter gatherers and, and it, it was about conserving energy, right? We had yeah. a finite amount and we had to expend it in things that gave us the, the most amount of reward. And if we could expend it in a way that, that, ex, that, that took less energy to get mm-hmm. the reward, um, then maybe that's what we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think that there's something built into nature that, that has that to mm-hmm. it potentially. So it's it's an interesting it's an interesting thought. Why why are we talking about it? We're talking about it because the, the the human mind and ignorance or lack of motivation, lack of conviction, often is a big destroyer of of wealth. It's also a destroyer of happiness. So looking at this idea of, of what's hard, what I've discovered, and I don't know how to how to define perfectly what this principle is, but whenever I find something that's challenging or difficult, I know that that is that is one of the best things the best things for me and. It, it's hard. I've made that. I've made that decision, or mm-hmm. I've kind of solidified in my mind that that's a truth because I've tested it a ton of times. I, I still don't follow it a hundred. You know, because you still eat, eat the caramel brownies. I still eat the caramel brownies. <laughs> maybe not the whole box. <laughs> I still eat maybe it. And my other thing she does is she like cubes it. So she, <laughs> so she gets the brownie and then she like cubes it into like little bite size. And I'm like. Whether it's little bite size or the whole thing, I'm still gonna eat it all. <laughs> Actually, makes it harder. Like you pick up a huge one, you're like, "Oh, this is big." But the, the little, little, like, huge, no, this is just uh, a little tiny. I'll just have one or seven, right? <laughs> all right. So there's there's a quote that I like. It says, "If you can find a path with no obstacles, it probably doesn't lead you anywhere." So if you can find a path with no obstacles, it probably doesn't lead anywhere. And I think that's a trap that we've found ourselves mm-hmm. in as as human beings. Is the day and age in which we live makes life pretty easy. We don't have to hunt yep. for our food, right? We don't have to, um, you know, travel. We don't have to, to uh, get on horses or get in a carriage. If we want to go across the country, you know, we don't have to like pack all of our goods and, you know, take the risk of people dying on the way because yeah. of, you know, the, the weather, the it elements. It took like eight months. To yeah. Do, yeah. Uh, we, we don't have to, we don't have to bear that, that risk. Uh, we have amazing uh, communication ability. We don't have to, you know, wait for months on end for the Wells Fargo, you know, uh, carriage to, to ride into town and, and deliver mail and deliver packages. We live in an amazing, amazing society that has made things very convenient. And this goes to, to your point. So it comes down to the conservation of energy and what we decide to focus our energy on. Mm-hmm. And looking at how life has given us these conveniences, okay, it comes down to what we decide to focus our time and energy on. Now, the hard thing and the easy thing. The easy thing is to be lazy, right? The easy thing is to sit in front of the television. The easy thing is to, you know, be on your phone and, you know, play candy corn or, or whatever the crush, candy, candy crush, whatever the candy games are, <laughs> right? That's, that's the easy, the easy side of things. And bringing to, to your point, what is it about our, our physiology or our nature that makes us, you know, want to take the e- the easy route, or to essentially uh, uh, have our energy um, the, and the opportunity around our energy taken by not having to do the things to, to feed ourselves or to communicate or to travel and so forth, and go the easy route and do just completely unproductive things with it. Like, what is it about our physiology that points us to that as being what most people do, right? Because you go to like I was watching uh, Wally. The, the Pixar movie and uh, and it's and I've, I, I've discussed this on the podcast before but the wall the Wally movie you know it's it it has this generation of, of people that have lived well I have multiple generations and they just keep getting fatter and fatter and fatter the, the idea behind that movie is that earth was being destroyed uh, physically people were polluting it and they had to get into a spaceship 
and and you know orbit around orbit around the Earth. And the idea was when Earth was able to be inhabited again, there was some you know technology put in place so that these little you know robots uh, you know would detect that and essentially say, okay, it's time for us to to go back to Earth. Um, but when they're in space, generation after generation and generation have passed, and they basically drink you know these like milkshakes and and pro, you know and they just float around and they all get fat and stupid. Right. So the easy route leads to us getting fat and stupid. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what is it about our physiology that makes us do that? That makes us take the easy route. And then what can we learn from that and redirect that energy and focus now that we don't have to do specific things on what is the, what is best for us? And that's, that's the million dollar question, right? But it's a billion dollar question. To me, a lot of it has to do with what are we valuing, right? It's short-term payoff versus an investment into a long-term payoff. And I think a lot of us, because we can get that short-term, it feels better to sit in front of the TV than work out. I mean, while you're doing it, I I like sitting in front of the TV more than the middle of my workout, right? I would always make that trade. But then if I look at, if I'm able to connect that workout to the way I feel after and mm-hmm. the long-term benefits mm-hmm. come from that, I would choose the long-term benefits. Yep. And as you build in more conveniences, as you build in more, I mean, you rewind 200 years, you had to look at the long-term benefits. You had to go plant a garden or else you didn't eat. Yep. You were more connected to that. Yep. But as conveniences have crept in and, and we've, I mean, we're just the, the epitome of a consumer society, a lot of that trade-off between short-term and long-term has been, has been broken down mm-hmm. because we can just have what we want right now. We can go to McDonald's yep. and, and our meal is right there and we didn't have to prepare. Mm-hmm. We didn't have to make that investment. Mm-hmm. And so those short-term payoffs, I think, gain importance relative to long-term payoffs because we don't see that connection. Okay. That makes, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's, I think one of the things that we, we use to, to justify the, the easy route um, is, is the other things that we've, that we've done and just say, I need, I need my time to, to be lazy, to be lackadaisical. And, and I think that's, uh, you know, it's, it, I, I, I think there, we can agree with that to, to an extent. Um, but at the, on the other, on the other hand, it's super, super destructive, right? Because when we go, when we go down that path, we start to create habits and we create those habits based on an easy situation, then it's very difficult to break that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are, what are some of the things? Cause I, you know, I like to challenge myself. I like to challenge you. I like to challenge our guys, mm-hmm. um, to keep pushing the limits and to optimize productivity as our listeners and are watching us and, and listening to us, what can we, what can we tell them that, you know, is, is beneficial so that they recognize the fact that, you know, there is all these conveniences, they have disposable energy, uh, disposable time, uh, and how can they get rid of the easy and start to explore the hard and the difficult? And what is the result of that? Yeah, we were talking about it that we, I think we, we, we both to an extent, understood that and, and built it into our habits to look for the things that are hard and chase them. You, you were talking to me, you were giving advice to a friend um, who had quit a, a large endeavor that he had, had started and you took him to, to, to breakfast and told him that. You said, if, if something starts to get easy, that's when you need to start worrying. And if something is hard, you need to chase it. That's what you should go after. Yep. Um, and and it's, it's that that's very counterintuitive. It's very opposite. And you and I, I mean, we've talked about this on the podcast, even before we do CrossFit. Mm -hmm. Part of the reason I do CrossFit is it's, it's hard, Mm -hmm. not just because of the workout and what it does for me. Mm -hmm. It's, and it's not just physically hard. It's mentally hard. Mm -hmm. Like I, I know when I'm warming up, I'm looking at the board of what we got to do. I'm, I'm breaking it down and thinking, Oh man, butterflies getting your stomach right before it starts. Yeah. And, and you've got to prepare it. It, allows me to practice being mentally disciplined, which then I know as I, as I get good at that, I can then apply that to the things that really do matter. I mean, you run, I still think it's kind of stupid. You run the Spartan races and the Mm -hmm. Tough Mudder races Mm -hmm. and things like that. And it's, it's just one of those things that you say, I need to learn how to face something that's challenging and get through it. And your story of, I don't know if you've told on the podcast before, but you've told us a lot of times, the first time you went through the Tough Mudder, they had these electric wires that hung down through part of it and it knocked you out. It shocked you. Literally. Literally. And, and 
you couldn't stop thinking about it, but not the way most people would. Most people would have said, I'm never going near that ever again. Yep. I'm never experiencing that again. Yep. Where you said, I can't wait to next year so I can do it and, yep. and complete it and not have that happen again. Yeah, and I think, and I'm not going to do it again, but what I, <laughs> but the, yeah, when I got, I was physically knocked out a few times with those electric wires and I was so scared of it. And, and I, I understand that I, I love this, this principle of something being scary or something being difficult. Cause I know that if I get beyond that, I'm a million times better. So I just, I was super afraid and super scared of that. And I couldn't stop thinking about it. And so that it was actually that year. So I did the first one in January and I decided to find another one in October and I ran the one in October and then got through it on, you know, it, it shocked me, it didn't knock me out, but I got through it and I haven't thought twi- twice about it. So yep. I'm not doing tough monitor again, unless they take out the electric wires. <laughs> uh, so that's why I do Spartan, the Spartan race. But again, the, pr- the principle is I wasn't always like this, right? But I, I discovered a point in time where I knew the difficult things were the best thing for me. And so I often just really seek after if something's easier or something is difficult and I define it as such. And that would be a challenge to, to some of the listeners is look at the easy things that are going on in life and, and really start to question why they are that way and start to maybe change behavior, change tasks, change priorities and focus on the more difficult things that will make everything else, in, in my opinion, easier. Uh, because we're talking mm-hmm. about wealth. We'll t- we're talking about uh, building your business. We're talking about optimizing your, your life. We, we all have a certain amount of days, certain amount of years, a uh, certain amount of weeks that we're here. And at the end of it all, all human beings want very similar things. Okay, They want to be significant. They want to make a difference. They want to find love. They, they want to find relationships. Uh, they want to have a sense of belonging. And it's applicable to everybody, regardless of, cult, regardless of culture. Yep. And looking at what we're doing on a day-in and day-out basis, we got to realize that it's kind of a, it's a, it's a ticking clock. I mean, the, the time is running out every single day, and we only have so much time. And looking at the conveniences that exist that allow us to optimize our time on productivity is amazing. Because you go back to... You know, even the turn of the century. I mean, how much time was spent on on f- just food and and energy, right? There was hardly any time for innovation, hardly any time for study, hardly any time for reading books. You know, then you backtrack fifty years, then then ten hours, twelve hours a day was spent yep. literally trying survive. to provide for your survival. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, we don't have to do any of that. But yet we spend time with completely unproductive things. So the biggest wealth destroyer, in my opinion, I guess we can define it as not having a, a priority uh, over the, the amount of time and things that we're doing with that time. So mm-hmm. one of the things that we were discussing in preparation for this is the idea of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So this is, you don't have to go out and read the book. Uh, there's lots of summaries. There's really cool videos that exist online that talk about this this principle. And uh, so there, it's, it's interesting for, hopefully you guys, have read uh, Abundance. We've mentioned that book mm-hmm. quite a bit on the, on the program. Uh, I'm in the process of reading Bold, which is the new book by them. And one of the things that they present in that book is about, because it's all talking about the future. It's all talking about innovation and the idea of abundance, that initial book that they wrote. Uh, and we'll post, we'll post a link on the, on the podcast blog. Um, but that's, that book was basically to say, listen, there's a lot of naysayers out there that says life is really sucking. And again, they're focusing on that suckiness, uh, but they're not really paying attention to all the amazing things that are happening. So Abundance was written at a very timely timely year. I think it was 2009 or 2010 that it was written. And it was written during a time of, you know, we were in the Great Recession. The crash of 2008 happened. And here this book comes out to say, listen, things are amazing. there's a lot of things to be optimistic about. And he really pre- they presented these technologies and these patents and things that were being done to make life even easier, right? To, to take away from some of the struggles that third world countries are having and allow for them to have the time to start thinking and coming up with ideas and, and, and essentially uh, solving problems. So the idea of bold, which is their, their new book is to start to question, not what life or not what things are, uh, uh, are going to exist or how is the, how are things going to change in 10 years? Okay. But what's not going to change? Okay, that's the they kind of turn it around and present that. And I would argue that this whole whole idea of Maslow's hierarchy of needs will never change. 
Okay, it is a it is a constant, and if you can understand this kind of this hierarchy, then you're going to understand what your you know quote unquote needs are, so that you can you know basically take advantage of the time that we've that we've been given. Mm-hmm. And looking at you know the benefit that we have and the benefit that, that you have that are listening and, and watching is you know we we have the the foundational elements. Uh, they're pretty easy in in our in our day and age in a modern society which mm-hmm. are the physiological needs and safety and security mm-hmm. then beyond that it gets into love and belonging and relationships and then self-esteem and then self-actualization so those are the essentially the things that most of you are on here wanting to know uh, I'm not here to, you know love and belonging you know we're not going to you know talk about <laughs> relationships or anything like that uh, but the idea of self-esteem and self-actualization self-esteem a lot of it has to do with financial security mm-hmm. okay uh, being being established, being significant with your business, being significant with your investments, being significant in your community, and a lot of a lot of that comes from uh, it comes from a mindset. And a mindset is not established in one sitting; it's established in multiple sittings. And it's established not by finding the easy road, but by finding what the hard road is by finding those obstacles. And so, looking at again our whole idea behind the last few weeks, which is really getting into the destroyers of wealth, um, even though taxes will destroy your wealth, inflation will destroy your wealth, fees will destroy your wealth, the biggest destroyer is going to be is going to be ignorance. And the biggest mm-hmm. destroyer is going to be the, the lack of motivation. So let's let's continue on and maybe um, you know get into this this idea of what people can do, what specific things we can do to actually put this principle in practice. So I'll ask you, I mean, let's maybe, and you can ask me the same questions. Like what you go to, you look at your life, like what are some of the things that you resort to that are easier when you could take the harder road? So the, 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 the times that I, that I cop out, right. Um, well, let me, I, I'm going to start with a couple of things that I do that try to counteract that. Okay. Uh, I think that might get us to where I can answer that question a little better. So uh, I, I talked about this at the beginning of the year on a podcast where I read a book called The Miracle Morning, yeah. and I started getting up again at 5 a.m. Yep. And that's hard. It's and it's it's I, I have a lot of desire to cop out when that snooze button hits. Oh yeah. But I've made it the only thing that makes it so that I've continued with that, and I'm still doing it. If you can't see the dark rings under my eyes, sometimes <laughs> I wonder whether I keep sh- should. But I, I've kept that through more than just the normal. Um, you know, New Year's resolution thing that's gone in in two weeks. I I'm still doing it it's right. Ju- it's June. So I'm six months in. I'm yep. still doing it because I took it from that to more than just yeah, this would be good for me because that's a short term mm-hmm. thing. It would also be good for me to sleep right in the short term. So I've taken that to it's a challenge to me now. It's one of those things that I know if I do this, it's going to pay off in in a lot of the other areas. Um, you know, CrossFit fits right in with that. I get up at five, I'm at CrossFit at six. So those are the things that I'm saying. If I can start my day with the, the things that are challenging mm-hmm. to me, it's going to make it so that the rest of the things that, that are, are out there, that are challenging. I can, I, I've given myself that boost of confidence that I can do it. Yep. Um, but the places that, that I cop out still, um, no, let's, let's discuss that quick. So okay. that's hard. Um, yeah. getting up at 5am, especially in the winter time, you started doing that in, in January. It's easier today because we're in you know, the yeah. summer. There's light. There's light out, but that's, that's hard. Okay. So looking at that hard, that what are, what are things that you've used or things you've told yourself to, to push you beyond, uh, the snooze button, mm-hmm. right? Because most people just hit the snooze button and they're, they're back to their normal routine. Yep. And, and what it is, it goes back to, to the hierarchy of needs. If, if I made it one of those things where I have to get up at 5am to survive or to have my basic necessities met, that's not true. I can do yeah, it because if you, had, if you had to get up to milk cows, you had to get up to go hunting, right? get up to, to, you know, cut down your wheat, right? That's, it's a different motivation. So what's mm-hmm. your, what's your motivation so, if this is something you don't have to do? Yep. And, and so I had to go up that hierarchy and say, where does this fit in? And what I had to connect it back to what I really wanted, mm-hmm. right? It, it wasn't about survival. It wasn't about love and relationships. It was about self-actualization. It was about getting to, to that, that sense of purpose mm-hmm. and connecting it back to saying, if, if I really want to be achieving at that higher level and, and I've got to make the time for it. So my morning routine actually starts before I go to bed and I connect back to that and say at 5am, this is what I'm going to do. 
And in the book, he kind of talks about this as, as, as kind of interesting. Is it, was it hard as a kid to get up for Christmas morning? No, right? is it, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to not get up. Yeah. Is it hard for us to get up if we've got a vacation to go to? Is it hard for us to get up in the morning? Mm-hmm. No, because we're excited about what the day is going to bring us. Yep. But most of us Monday morning aren't excited about what the day is going to bring us. So it starts Sunday night getting myself excited about what this day is going to bring us. And I've created an extra hour because I was usually getting up at six and now I was getting up at five. I've created an extra hour and I made that hour, that self-actualization hour Hmm. and said, now when I go to bed, I think about all the amazing things I get to do in that hour that I didn't get to do before. Hmm. And it's all the stuff I've, I've, I've wanted to push beyond just what I've already created for myself. I've already got the the first couple levels met hmm. and it, and it's seeking after that. So connecting it to that, now when the snooze button goes off, it's like, it's kind of like Christmas morning. Yeah. I'm like, sweet. Another I can, day. I can get at, the, I've got another opportunity to seek for yep. those things that I want. Interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm huge about mornings. And I wasn't always that that way. Probably for the last, you know, five, six years I, I have been. Um, but, but I really attest it to something that I've made a connection with. And that mm-hmm. connection is that there are only a few days left in, in my, in my life, right? Not few days. You, there could be thousands, mm-hmm. right? But the idea is all we have is right now. All we have is, you know, the, you know, the next, the next couple of hours today. That's all we have a ton of control over that. Yep. And we can make a massive difference in every hour and every minute. But looking at how we start the actual day, if it's not grounded or focused on a singular objective, right, then you're just going to be winging it the, the entire day. So really choosing in the morning to establish yourself and establish the purpose of your day is, is massive. It's mm-hmm. massive. Yep. Okay. So looking at that, why don't you like, what's, what's the difference? Because, um, you know, even previous to, to January, I mean, you got up into CrossFit a couple, yeah. couple times, a couple times a week. Mm-hmm. So, so what's the difference now as compared to, cause yeah, you're, you're here before I am in the morning, most mornings, like, where have you seen the difference? Like what difference has it made in your business, in your attitude, in your energy levels? Where, where are you at because you made that decision? So like I said, it, it's, it, created an extra hour that I was wasting. And I'm not the kind of the amazing thing that happened is I got in a pattern of I'm, I burn the candle at both ends. So I was a night person and a morning person. So I would, <laughs> I would keep working and working, working, go to bed at one and then try to get up at six, hmm. right. Or work till two and try to get up at six. And, yep. and, and it was burning the candle at both ends. And I was getting less and less effective in the evenings. My to-do list just kept growing. And and so what I decided to do is I would decide to stop that downward spiral because I would I would go, 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 crash, recover, and then get right back into it. Mm-hmm. And now because I'm going to bed or because I'm because I'm waking up, nine o'clock rolls around, I'm done. Yeah. I'm checked out. <laughs> I just I I'm I'm so I go to bed at nine thirty, ten o'clock now. Yep. Uh, and I would have never thought that I could have done that. So I'm mm-hmm. getting better sleep. Mm-hmm. I'm getting and and then during the day I'm more focused. Mm-hmm. So it's not really that I created an extra hour. I created a more effective hour. Got I it. created a more effective time for me. So now I get to use the energy I have on the things that are more important. And I'm not just, I'm not taking the easy road of, oh, well, I'll just spend two hours on that tonight. Mm-hmm. I say, I know that when nine o'clock rolls around, I'm done. So I got to get it done now. Yep. And I, I've, it, it prioritizes this thing. It helps me to say, you know what, that's not important. That's not important. These are the things that I'm going to do that are essential. Uh, and, and it all starts with I, I made one thing essential and it sort of dominoes that for me, we've, I don't know if we've talked about this here either, but it's that idea of the little domino that knocks over the bigger one, the bigger one, the bigger yes. one. For me, I was getting out of bed at 5am and setting myself up and, and structuring it that knocks over the next one, which knocks over the next one and yep. away it goes. And it's simple making, making that little tiny decision. Okay. doesn't cost you anything, right? Mm-hmm. Financially. Nope. Um, it, it's just a decision, but we've talked about this, you know, this concept of the one thing, uh, and the I can't remember the name of the author, but the one thing book, which you know we were exposed to in the spring, just basically uses the phrase, "What's the one thing that you can do that makes everything else easier?" Right, and that is the little domino, and that domino yeah. will knock over the next domino. Okay, then that next domino will knock over the next domino, then the next one, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So it's those little tiny things that don't really cost that much at all. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's just perseverance, it's commitment, and it's and it's drive. Um, but it does make all the difference. It makes everything yep. else. It makes everything else easier. Okay, so so that's that's kind of.
of it, that's an idea of something that you, a behavior you can change. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's, it's difficult to wake up uh, early in the morning. It's difficult to have that routine. Now you've also, you know, included Ryan, one of the guys here uh, Mm -hmm. with, with this idea. So you've included some accountability there. Right. Right. So tell, maybe just speak briefly about the accountability side and how that has helped you keep your commitments. Yeah. So Ryan and I have this sort of accountability partner thing going on. So we meet regularly during the week. We hold each other accountable to goals that we set. So you saw us this morning. We were in Wednesday is our accountability breakfast. And and so we were going over, you had said you were going to do this. How did it go? What got in your way? And a lot of that was a lot of what we talk about is what's getting in your way. Um, it's the idea. I don't know if anybody's ever read, there's a book called the goal that talks about this idea of making a a process more efficient. And Mm -hmm. it's all about removing bottlenecks, removing impediments. If you can Mm -hmm. focus on removing what's getting in the way rather than trying to improve everything at once, Mm -hmm. uh, it's just a little bit different approach. So we, we, we talk a lot about that and we'll send, we text each other all the time. So two or three nights a week, I get a text from him or I'll send him a text saying, what are you doing tomorrow? What is it that, that's getting you out of bed that's the awesome. next day? What, what, what's getting you excited? And then there'll be times, um, you know, we'll try to race to see who sends the first text in the morning. Do I get it at five or is it 501, you know, and, and really, you know, and there's been times where 505, that text comes in. I'm like, oh man, I hit the snooze, didn't I? All right. I know he's out of bed. I'm going to get out of bed hmm. because I know that we're going to meet and we're going to talk about it. And I don't want this to be something that got in the way of, of having the day that I that I want to have. Okay. And so, so that's been, that's been huge is, is having, that. it can be, it can be your spouse. It can be a, a somebody work. that you respect. I mean, somebody that you respect, someone that you hold in high regard, Yep. because if you don't, then you're not going to take them seriously. And when they call you, call you out and they hold you accountable, you're not going to take it seriously. Yep. Yep. But it, yeah, it can be a work associate. It can be uh, an old college friend. It can be someone you grew up with. It could be you know, your spouse, I mean, anybody, but that, that was, I don't think I would have still been doing this in June had I, had I not had Ryan there to, to be holding me accountable. To cool. It. All right. So that's, that's, that's huge. I mean, I think starting out the morning, as I said before, is one of the most powerful things that you can do. Waking up earlier, the seven, mm-hmm. get the seven hours of sleep. I mean, there's several sleep, sleep studies. You can, you know, take tests and do a few other things that'll determine like what your optimal amount of sleep is. Mm-hmm. And if you can figure out what that is, then you can optimize the other time that you're awake. Yep. So one of the other things that, that's that's impressive about you is that you you have a TV. You don't have cable. No, you don't have a TV. You don't. Have, I have a TV, but no you don't TV have cable. subscription of any kind. Okay. So why why is that? Because it was it was too easy to just sit down and flip it on, right? And we tried to no. We're going to limit it. We're going to only you know these days and and only for certain things. And it was it was like the caramel brownie. It was just when it's sitting there, it's it's too easy yep. to grab and gravitate toward. So we decided to get rid of it. Yep. So we, we and, and that wasn't the only thing we, we got rid of. We went through and got rid of a lot of things that are just too easy yep. to gravitate toward. But yeah, a TV subscription is is a perfect example um, that, that for us, it, 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 it forced us to do the things that were hard. It was, it's a lot harder to pick up a book. Yep. But I, or have I'm, a discussion with your kids or, or your wife. Yep. Exactly. It was way easier to say, well, we're all in the same room together, so we're spending time together. And that's not the, that's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. So we decided to it's – it's, it's just as counterintuitive to run to the things that are hard rather than easy. We took away the things that were easy so that we had to do the hard things. <laughs> Which is sometimes what, what you have to do. Yep. All right, so this is – the idea behind this talking about this destroyer of wealth and it being us – we also we have to acknowledge in that is that any asset that we can have it could be a real estate asset, could be a business asset, could be a market based asset, um, could whatever the asset is, it's never going to be as valuable as as you. Mm-hmm. Okay, we are the most valuable asset, and if you want to make your other assets valuable, if you're not making your own self valuable first, you're skipping steps. It's kind of that hierarchy of need, mm-hmm. right? We oftentimes talk about hierarchy of investments. Okay, so hierarchy investments is why would you go right to the the jugular, right? Why would you go right to the the top? The, or self actualization. Could a caveman go to self actualization? No, they have no concept of that. Right. No concept of it because they have nothing else in between met. So the idea behind financial freedom and achieving financial success, you have to have a lot of foundational elements intact. Okay, yep. I think the foundation is knowledge and education and optimizing your biggest asset, which is you. And it's your brain. We always talk about your brain as a trillion dollar asset, literally, 
right? The brain is because yep. everything that exists today that has any type of value was thought about first. Yep. Okay? It was created by an idea. Okay, and you were talking about a, a, an example of that uh, this morning when we were when we were preparing the the value of ideas as opposed to value of things, and looking at your mind, ideas can come in an instant. Okay, brainstorming with people, um, getting up at a certain point in the morning, reading a book can inspire specific thoughts, inspire specific ideas that can then tr- then transform your entire life. But most people do not put themselves in the position to have those productive yep. ideas because it's hard. Yep. Okay. But and- once they come, that essentially optimizes this asset because it helps you have wisdom. It helps you discern. It helps you make better decisions. It helps you have probably the most important intelligence, which is emotional intelligence. Okay. Intelligence where you're able to deal with situations logically as opposed to uh, emotionally, which is the case with most people. Yeah. Well, and I'm not 100% sure this is the right person, but I think it was Henry Ford that was quoted as saying, thinking is the, is the most difficult of all work. Yeah. Right. And, and, and so for us, it, caught in this idea of trying to do everything that's easy, sometimes we don't think because it's easier just to, to not think. Um, and, and you started to touch on this. Ignorance to me is, isn't just not having knowledge. To me, it's, it's more than that. It, because you can have a lot of facts memorized or you can know a lot of things but not be able to do anything and not be able to make the right decision. Yep. So it, it goes beyond – the opposite of ignorance to me isn't knowledge. The opposite is, is wisdom. Mm-hmm. It's being able to combine that with experience, which is why mastermind groups become so important, yep. which – why not just reading a book but – journaling yeah. or, or trying to synthesize and build a framework and in, in internalizing that and knowing how it would apply. Well, it's the ability, it's the ability to reason. Yeah. Okay. And schools don't teach reason. They don't teach debate. They don't teach argument. Mm-hmm. They don't teach collaboration. Okay. Collaboration is cheating, right? Yeah. When it, when, in school. Yep. Okay. Re- the reason, and I, I can't, I think we cited this on one of the, one of the past podcasts, but we talked about this, that there's more college graduates today that are unprepared for the workforce because they cannot reason. They, can, they don't have the collaboration skills. They don't have personal interaction skills. Mm-hmm. And those valuable skills, you, I get, you can teach them, right? You can, learn, you can learn about them. But that is not the focus on, of education today. Mm-hmm. So how does this apply to where, what you should do with your finances and becoming financially independent? What's the easy route, mm-hmm. Right. The easy route is give money to somebody else. 401k. Yep. Just have it automatically happen. My yep. employer knows what's best. We'll just put it there and let them make yep. the Wall decisions. Street, for Wall me. Street knows what's best. Yep. I don't want to take responsibility for yep. it. Is that helping you develop that idea of of wisdom yep. with your investments? No, it's it's not. You're not developing through that. You're not those are the easy routes. Mm-hmm. Just saving money in a bank account is the easy route, right? But Figuring out what to do with it and going through that process, the best investments you'll make are the ones that are hard, mm-hmm. the ones that are difficult, the ones it's, it's hard to understand a balance sheet and income statement. It's hard to know what cap rates are. It's hard to know how to calculate a rate of return mm-hmm. and to, to, to do projections into the future. Yep. So many unknown variables. Exactly. Those are difficult things. Mm-hmm. But as we do them, whether we're successful or fail, mm-hmm. we're moving through that process and we're getting to the things that, that really do produce the results. Yep. You and I were talking about it. We just guessed and we're kind of in the middle of doing some of the math behind this. But we thought if you made two or three important, real, difficult investments in your life, it would be better than all of the easy decisions combined. Yep. And I think we're pretty close on that. Yep. Two or three right investments will beat all of those easy ones. Yep. No, it's, and that's the thing is these days it's, it's not hard to, to find out why uh, we're in the situation as an American society or a world society uh, because people take the easy route. People download yep. the easy, the, the apps that yep. turn their brain off. Right. They watch the TV shows. They're completely, you know, they turn your brain off and you, by listening to people with their brain already off. Right. Yeah. You you're enter, you're entertained. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with with entertainment at no. all. OK, but it's it's the idea behind the purpose of of your life, the purpose of what you're doing, uh, because I love entertainment. I love going to you know do stuff with my with my kids. I love watching watching movies. But something that I think I, I grasped seven, eight years ago is I always try to find the educational experience in everything. OK, even you know, my, uh, this is, I don't want to really admit this, but my, 
a couple years ago, my wife got into like The Bachelor, and and that was it was only like one season. I was like, okay, this is enough. But in there, I was, and she, you know, she like almost she didn't force me, but she almost forced me to watch it. But what I did is instead of like turning my brain off, I said, okay, I want to look at like how they're marketing this. I want to look at like how they position this and why would they put this, why would they put this scene in there versus this scene? Um, like, why did they use this music? Why did they, uh, why, why is this idea behind roses and, and the, and voting people off? Why is that so intriguing to people? I mean, mm-hmm. I tried to find the psychology around it. So thing is in anything you can find wisdom, regardless yep. of what that thing is. It could be a movie. Right? How many inspiring movies that are out there that you can pull certain principles from? It's it's awesome to me to look at like a really like one of the movies that I I've been I've watched a bunch of times is The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, and it has it doesn't have that great you know Rotten Tomatoes views or, or ratings, but I find it incredibly intriguing because of the power of the mind and the the power of somebody that is less than average or just average become a hero. It first becomes a hero in his mind, then becomes a hero in, in real life. And the, this mm-hmm. idea is fascinating to me because what it was, it, what it does, it reinforces, um, what I'm, what I'm trying to do, what I've come to, uh, my, my purpose and, and, you know, purpose behind my family, purpose behind my, my life. And, uh, and it's empowering. And I think you could find that in everything, but it does, as you said, it requires, a specific mindset. It requires a specific intention and that comes first. And then once it comes, the world looks completely, completely different. The world is now opportunity. Okay. When it, when it was once just this, you know, haze, haze of a bunch of crap going on. (laughs) Yep. And, and I look at, I mean, I look back at what I've kind of told people. My story is I, I always felt like I was running away from mediocrity and I was set up to just live the mediocre life. I mean, the, the mediocre life. I came from a, a good, well-grounded middle-class family. I had enough opportunity. I mean, it wasn't rich, but I wasn't poor. I got good grades in school. I got into a good college, got a good degree and had, and I was just on that track to just have my brain off and just do those things. Mm -hmm. But I decided at one point, it was actually while I was in college, I switched some majors. I changed some things around and said, that's not the path I want to go on. And, and then I was the only, and this still is the black mark for my class. They like to boast a hundred percent job placement rate. Well, I was the one that didn't have a job because I wasn't going to take the mediocre option. I had internship. I had four or five offers from very reputable accounting firms and I turned them down because I said, that's mediocre. I want something more. Hmm. I took a job with a a high class investment bank. I was there six months. When I left, people said, you're crazy. You already made like you're here. Just work up. Just stay on the path and Mm -hmm. you'll have all everything laid out for you. And I said, no, that's the mediocre path. And I went and did another consulting thing. And I was working with somebody who said, if you just stay here long enough, you're going to take everything over. It's going to be all be yours. And I said, that's the mediocre path. I want something more than that. And I started my own company. And then I left the company that I started. And I've always been looking for that, that pushing to the thing. As soon as it got easy, I get bored. As soon as it's easy, I say, okay, what's, what's the next thing? What's the next thing driving? What's the next thing pushing um, on me? And, and I try to do that not just with my career that ultimately is what landed me here was I was looking and saying, what's that next thing that's going to be uncomfortable, but that that's going to be worth it. So, and that's, a, and I, I'm not surprised you have that mindset. I mean, we really haven't had this, this conversation before, but uh, a lot of, you know, who I love to hang around with and, and talk with are people that have this mindset uh, because it's empowering to me. And those that don't have this mindset, it's kind of this, it's like the opposite ends of a magnet. You know, and it's, mm-hmm. and it's, uh, and, and I don't know, some, maybe that's a, that's a flaw that I have because I feel all, all human beings can grasp this. If I can do it, I'm nothing special at all. Right. Um, but it comes down to how I represent what I really believe and what I, what I think. Uh, and this idea behind ignorance is really powerful because we all possess it. I think that's one of the things we've been given in life is to have a level of ignorance and a level of not knowing. And, and that is, that is very exciting to me because yep. it allows me to, to continue to conquer things. And we all deal with issues. We all have issues in our mm-hmm. lives. We have relationship issues. We have money issues. Uh, we have business issues. We have, um, you know, marital issues. We have every, everybody has issues. It'll always be that way. Um, looking at what those issues represent, they represent an easy road and they represent a, a hard road. 
the hard road is oftentimes the best road for you. I'm not going to say it's absolute, but I guarantee that if you take the hard road and if you try to conquer those obstacles, you're going to be so much, so much better off. And that's going to allow you to now understand the context of these other wealth destroyers. Because the reason why those destroyers of wealth exist, in my opinion, is because it, it, of, of ignorance. Yep. And Wall Street, uh, the government, monetary policy has preyed on this ignorance. And it's evident today because of how messed up things are. And who knows what, what's going to happen in the future? Nobody knows. Okay. But the fact remains that these hierarchy of needs, these, the, the ideas behind um, why, what makes people tick, it's never going to change. Okay. The tools that we have, the technology that we have, the communication that we have, the things that are going to make life more convenient. It's going to get more and more and more convenient. Yep. Right. You know, the, I'm always waiting until, and it's almost there because we have 3d printing, you know, that's coming online. But the whole, you know, the star, it was a star, star Trek. It was a star Trek when they, they have the, you know, the little microwave and you type in what you want and poof, poof there, there it is. Yep. I mean, it's, things are just going to be more and more and more convenient in life, it's, but it's going to give us more and more time. Is that time you're going to spend r- turning your brain off and poisoning it? with a lot of what people are poisoning with these days, or are you going to turn it into an opportunity to change your mindset, to continue to take hard roads and really make a difference? And anybody can make a difference. Yep. You don't have to be an entrepreneur. You can be an yep. employee. Okay? Most people are employees. Most people are just don't are not in the position to just jump ship and become an entrepreneur, become a self-employed, become a self-starter. Okay? There are so many things you can do at, at your work to create more value, to have an yep. impact, come up with ideas. Um, and don't do it because you want the remuneration, do it because you know you're going to get the remuneration. That's a principle of law, the law of compensation. When you do more, you get more. And looking at everybody, everybody has an opportunity to do that on a daily basis. You can do it with your children. You can do it with your wife. You can do it with uh, your employer. You can do it with fellow employees and colleagues. There's so much more that we can do every single day. And doing that is hard, but as a result of it being hard, we're going to have the remuneration. Yeah. And the remuneration points an interesting one to hit on because a lot of people say, I'm doing this at my work and my employer will reward me for it. And then when that doesn't happen, they say, this is all baloney. Right. But you don't get to decide how and when you're remunerated. Nope. And it's that concept of be before you have, right. If you are the type of person Mm -hmm. that deserves that compensation mm-hmm. and deserves that reward, mm-hmm. then the universe will find a way to reward you for it, yep. whether it's coming from there or somewhere else or not. And it's having the confidence and the understanding of, I have to be that person first and understand that. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I can move yep. to it. And then the other thing I'll say about ignorance is the the, the thing about ignorance is the, the most dangerous thing about it is, is you don't know what you don't know. Yep. And when somebody told it to me that way, it's like, oh my gosh, okay, I, I, now I've got to figure out the things that I don't know. And that's where it, it changes and it becomes this quest almost to say, awesome. okay, I, I, know that I know that I don't know something and I got to go find those things that I don't know. Um, otherwise, I won't know it. I mean, it just, you, people are stuck in it because they don't know what they don't know. So. Okay, so let's end, let's end on a kind of a funny note. And if, if, we, if I had more time, I would have prepared to actually play this, but we'll, uh, we'll post it. Uh, online, we'll post a link online. Uh, but there's a video, a video that I love, and it's um, it's kind of along this, it's along this topic. It's an interview between Louis Louis C.K., who is a a comedian, uh, and Conan O'Brien, who of course is a late night talk show host. And I, I use this the first time I found this video. I used it in front of a group of uh, financial professionals that I was speak that I was speaking to, and I was talking about you know what what we do on the internet and every you know it, it was a total wrong audience right because they were all like sixty seven years old and you know they were like bobbing their heads up and down and you know trying to stay stay awake and I was trying to be funny and they're like who's this you know young dude that's trying to make me make me laugh. Um, but it's a it's a video that's entitled uh, everything everything is amazing and nobody is happy, and it's Louis C.K. basically you know giving giving a few examples about how amazing life is 
but yet people just feel so entitled to all of these these amazing things. They never really yep. step back to see how amazing it is. What was how was how how did you feel the first time you watched that video? Yeah, it was it was one of those just perfect examples of you. He was one hundred percent spot on. I still yeah. laugh to myself when I think okay, through all that. the examples he used. It was yeah. I don't want to try to quote it or anything because I'll just I'll try it. I'll, I'll try. But, there's there's one there's one example yeah. in there where he's like, <laughs> so he's. You know, he's, he's pretending like he's on a phone, like he has, he has yeah, his texting. phone and he's texting and he's like, Ugh, it won't, it won't work. He's like, give it a second. <laughs> it's going to, the signal of your phone is going to space. <laughs> Just keep it, can you give it a second to get back from space? Yeah. Uh, exactly. and then he, and he, another one he uses is, is the airline. You know, <laughs> he's like. You know, the, the best is, he, he basically says, the best thing is when people, the, the worst thing that's ever happened to them in, in their life is their airport or airline experience. Yeah. Right. And he basically says, you know, what, what is it? What does he say? He's like, our flight this was, was the worst yeah. experience of my life. First, they made me wait for 20 minutes later so we could board. Then we had to sit on the plane for 30 minutes because they were late. Yeah. And then he jumps and then, in and, and then he, says, goes, and he goes, yeah. what happened? Did you fly in the sky <laughs> like, a a bird, like a bird incredibly. and partake? It was a, yeah, so you're, anyway, it's a, you're it's a, sitting in a chair in, in the, the sky. sky. So it's a, so, hilarious, yeah. it's a hilarious video. But what, awesome. is it, what it points out is that we live in an amazing world. We, we live in an amazing time where we don't have to do the things that our ancestors did, right? We don't have to go out and... And, and spend the majority of our time, majority of our day surviving, okay? We have amazing amounts of time to make a difference. And we could obviously choose the easy route and we can watch TV, we can go to movies, we can eat like crap. Um, we can continue to do that day in and day out. But there are severe consequences, consequences that affect your mind, affect your ideas, which subsequently affect your relationships, affect everything else that you're doing. So I'm not saying that we can be 100% efficient. It's impossible. It, I don't, it's it's right. impossible. I'm not. But even even looking at some of the smallest things that you can do, whether it's just shutting the TV off at night, okay, or going to bed at a specific time, reading a book, just c- making some anchor to be with your children, not just you know go out to dinner with them, but be with them, uh, actually be present, listen, have an interaction with them. Same thing with a, with a spouse or a loved one. Those are little easy things that don't cost any money to do. If you do that, you start to implement this idea of, I'm going to take the hard road. I'm going to conquer obstacles and I'm not going to take the easy way out. The, just the, just a commitment to that is going to be huge. So my challenge, my challenge to you, it's a challenge to me. I'll challenge you as well is, is find something that is difficult, whether it's a relationship, find something that's difficult, whether it's, um, you know, eat, eating habits, and, and make that change. Decide that next time I'm faced with the decision, I'm going to choose the hard route. Yeah. And then go into the comment sections and make comments. What are you going to do? Share it. Yep. Um, give us the, your feedback. What are the hard things you're doing? What are the challenges that stand in your way? I'd love to see the discussion back and forth uh, as, as to what everybody else is. Are we just all full of it and we should just be lazy and fat on the airplane or in the space like Wally? I mean, <laughs> give, it, give, us, give us your thoughts. We'd love to hear whether you guys agree that really the wealth stealer is ignorance, which then leads us into the three Everything ones else. That, that, that we can do. And that being said, you know, go check out that we did a, I did a, a short YouTube video on these three wealth uh, destroyers. And uh, I believe our, our one hour uh, webinar that we did last week is also live on YouTube. So go to our YouTube channel, YouTube forward slash paradigm life. And uh, you can check those out. Okay. Any, any final words of wisdom, Mr. Gibb? That's it. I think we, I think we nailed it. All right, everyone. Thank you uh, so much for watching and listening and we will see you next time. You've been listening to the Wealth Standard Radio Show, your gold standard in everything financial with your host, Patrick Donahoe. 